my name is Blake Lingren, and I am presenting Finding Serum of Ditus Nematodes in the Underexplored Midwest. So the first thing is you need to know what Coelogans is and what the project goals are. Coelogans is a free-living bacteriovorous nematode. It lives in decaying matter, is found across the world, and is a powerful genetic model organism. The project goals are obviously to identify and find if Coelogans, contribute to Coelogans biogeographic database, and characterize isolation sites for Coelogans. So when we're looking for Coelogans and how we get them is we isolate them, which means we take the decaying matter, which is rotten apples, rotten walnuts, or compost, or other things, and we try to put them on plates and pick the worms off to keep them. Uh, we have isolated previously Cenorhabditis species 8 and C. Briggsies. Coelogans uh, has not been isolated yet in the Midwest or in Nebraska. This is the map of the sites we're going to isolate or to get worms from. Where we're going to sample from Martin's Hillside Orchard, Bellas Pumpkin Patch, and Eastside Campus from University of Nebraska, which you can see right here on the right side. So the first place we went to was Eastside Campus, and we were sampling the walnuts from there. And we got three walnuts from the greenhouses over here, and we got 22 samples from the beehives over here on East Campus, which you can see in these pictures. The next place we went to uh, was Martins and Vallas. And I guess I forgot to mention, we didn't get any nematodes from the greenhouse or the beehives. Sorry about that. The next place we went to was Martins. And when we went to Martins, we sampled 46 apples, and we only got two nematodes from a single apple on this side area over here. And the next place we went to was Vallas. We sampled 31 apples and got zero nematodes from them as well. And I should mention about the apples very quickly is, is this is not normal. Um, last year when they went to Martins, they had gotten all of their nematodes single-handedly just from one sampling and they didn't sample, you know, 90 apples. They sampled about the same amount of apples. So this is this is very strange to say the least. We, while we haven't sampled walnuts, which I mentioned before, this is far stranger because we have no date, we have no reason to believe that this is normal. This has not happened before in the research years. So it's definitely a bit strange. It's something to keep note of. So after that, after we only have, you know, two worms, we need to move on and find something else. So next thing we tried to get was compost sampling. And we got our compost from S SBS uh, Facility and Students, which stands for School of Biological Scientists, and they got us 18 bags total. Out of the 18 bags, 16 had worms. And out of those 16, two had two different kinds of worms in them. So when we sampled the bag, we had two different distinct kind of worms. And this is the results tab of them. Uh, you can see that we sampled a lot, but we didn't actually get that many compared to what we did. We definitely had to sample a lot more this year. But 16 of the, the worms we have came from compost, two of the worms came from apples, and what's going to really mention, this is not normal for apples. Apples should have given us a lot more compared to what we have gotten in years prior. So we'll kind of go through the workflow really quick. The first thing we have to do is we have to isolate our nematodes, which we just did. We have gotten our nematodes, we got them in our plates, you know. So what's the next step? You know, how do you how do you tell a worm apart? So really what you got to look for is the growth rate and the self-fertility. And we check those rates, and I'll explain how those work in a second. But after you've done that, you look at the morphology, and then you do a DNA sequencing of whatever gene you choose. Now for the self-fertility and growth rates, to briefly explain, uh, growth rates are comparative, it's the best way I can describe them, though we do look at some other things. We look at basically how fast do they grow compared to other ones, and how fast do they grow to compared to RCL gains that we have in the lab. 
because um, we do have some C. elegans from other parts of the world, but how fast do they, they grow just comparatively? Because that's the best way to, to compare growth rates is very easily, at least in a short amount of time, is, is how fast compared do they grow? And cell fertility is also very important because it because C. elegans is a hermaphroditic worm, which means it is self-fertile. It means it only needs itself to produce offspring. And C. elegans also is a fast grower. So you do that very simply by picking a female to a plate and waiting for it to reach maturity. And then once it reaches maturity, uh, if, it, if it has offsprings, it's self-fertile because it's by itself and it has to fertilize its own eggs. Oh, it skipped over a page. So the next thing we look at is morphology. And we really look at two big traits. And this is, can, can tell you a lot from the norms. And the two big traits are the buccal cavity and the pharynx. And you can see these two diagrams here. And we check uh, under a very powerful microscope. We can look at the buccal cavity, which is this upfront picture here, and we look at the pharynx here, which I'll show you a little better on a worm that I have. So the left picture here is the buccal cavity. And this is little lining in the front that can tell us a lot. And the pharynx is the structure, or really the mouth structure that they use to eat the bacteria they eat, which is what, it's a very distinct feature and it's a lot easier to tell apart than other features, which is why we use these two predominantly. So after you've gotten your worms and you've, you've done your self fertility tests and everything, you really have to ask what worms are you going to sequence and which ones do you want to do first? Or which ones look the best? So what you're looking to do is to tell your worms apart. And you can't do the whole DNA strand because it would just be ridiculous, long, and a pain to deal with. So instead, a much easier way to do this, though it's still difficult, is to take a conserved gene, which is a specific kind of gene that basically just easily allows you to compare your worms against each other because it is conserved. That is the important part because it basically means that there are very few changes and the changes that happen would be very specific to species. So we do this by taking the 18S RNA gene, which is, once again, a very specific gene. All you really need to know is it's conserved and allows us to compare worms very easily. And we do this by doing PCR and then gel extraction. The results from that are here from at least one worm, uh, just for sake of showing you. Now on this example, we have the results at the bottom, which here over at the query cover, or at least that's what it says up there, basically that is the percentage of likelihood it is that from the DNA we have. Now it's 99% for the top two, and the top two are Abdilatella axes, or axi, which there's a pretty good likely that's actually what it is. And I'll show you quickly where that falls on the graph here. Now this red line here is the specific species, Abdilatella axi. And the bottom is we want Cyanobiditis elegans N2, or as we call it just N2 in the lab. And they're pretty distantly related, but it is the result, and that is how we compare them and compare results moving forward. So really the, the future directions of this project is obviously to characterize all the other C. elegans candidates we have and the ones we don't have to double check that they are not in fact C. elegans or related because morphology doesn't always tell you everything you need to know. The only thing we really need to investigate is the lack of nematodes from apples. That is that is very strange for this year. Oh, that, that is, I don't know if I could underline just how strange that was this year, you know, to sample upwards of 90 apples and only get two worms from that when last year, you know, they go sample 40 apples and they got plant they got worms out of the wazoo so the next thing we really need to after that is to, is to gather our samples not just from apples but from other things uh and see if if elegans could possibly and possibly be in those uh so it is very important that we continue to do these things and the final thing i'd like to do is to acknowledge the people and the uh 
faculty that helped me. So I'd like to thank all of Herman Lab, but the three specifically I'd like to thank is the head, kind of, would be Dr. Michael Herman. I'd like to thank Leah, and I'd like to thank Ashley. They all really helped me. Uh, specifically, Ashley really did help me a lot, but they, they all helped me. Um, and the program I'd like to thank is my, obviously, the people who funded my research, which was first year research experience. Being a freshman, it was, you know, most freshmen don't get into research, but I'd just like to thank them.